This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Say, uh, dirtbag. This is Kid Schreiner, the voice of the Green Arrow, and you are listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 163 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, and the gentleman that runs our Twitter account. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to yet another episode of the DCAU Review. That's right, and we are still smack dab in the middle of our Static Shock Month here. And we are reviewing yet another episode this week, in fact, uh, a pretty interesting one entitled Tantrum. That is correct. Uh, So we are, uh, as you said, smack dab in the middle of the month of Static Shock here and are are eagerly anticipating uh, yet another episode here. We we started things off this month with a double feature, which you can check back in the archives at dcaureview.com, and then we we proceeded to uh, continue last week with the return of Rubber Band Man, and uh, this week we have the introduction of a new character, uh, also some in-depth and some backstory a little bit as we learn more about Static and uh, his mom, his relationship with his mom, who uh, they've touched on slightly, uh, her not being in the picture, but we really get kind of a uh, a very special episode this week as we learn a little bit more about their relationship and how Static is sort of coping with the loss. So before we get into breaking down the plots and the visual and animation, the music and the voice acting as we do each and every week, why don't we kick things off with the official IMDB synopsis for this week's episode? Yes, that's right. And this is for Tantrum, which was written by Christopher Simmons, uh, directed by James Tucker, uh, with music by Richard Wolff and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Everything happening to Virgil reminds him of how much he misses his deceased mother, Jean. Virgil must deal with his feelings of loss as he tangles with Tantrum, a repressed student whose outbursts of anger turn him into a massive being of brute force. All right. Uh, yes, indeed. I guess that is, that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty solid one. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, uh, brief, uh, brief, not, uh, not too brief, but <laughs> brief enough, uh, synopsis for us here, but, uh, we can jump to plot here, and yeah, that is, uh, that's sort of the framing device for the whole episode is, it starts with Virgil at his, his mother's grave, and he's, he's sort of talking about how he hasn't, 
been to, to visit the grave recently and has, has talked about how much sort of telling her how much trouble he is having dealing with her in light of as we come to find out uh, just just he, it feels like everything's reminding of him he has a, an interaction with with uh, Richie and Daisy at, at a theme park where uh, we see Daisy and, and her mom have a nice moment together and then that sort of uh, bums him out a little bit and then uh, then later on in the episode, we find out that they're doing a, a sort of memorial service for his mother to comm- commemorate, I guess, the anniversary of her passing. And uh, his sister, Sharon, and, and his dad are, are going through old home videos and are, are wanting him to make sort of a, a, a speech or a eulogy at this ceremony. And it's just a rough time for, for Virgil emotionally, uh, counterbalanced with him also having to fight a big purple monster. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting because we kick as you you said we kicked things off, and he's at his his mother's grave site, and in instead of the typical format that we usually do, where we follow the character uh, sort of third person, we we kind of have this narrative that goes throughout the entire episode as Virgil is sort of recounting uh, his experience to his mom, uh, which is a different perspective and offers certainly a different uh, different way of looking at some of these episodes. It was not all that different to me uh, in the way that uh, the late Mr. Kent was sort of written, mm-hmm. where you have a narrative. That one differed, obviously, because uh, Clark was technically sort of narrating to the viewer as opposed to uh, this, where Virgil mm-hmm. is narrating to his mom uh, by way of the viewer. So... Uh, very interesting that they went with that perspective. And I think it actually really helped the episode because it made it feel very different. I'm sorry I haven't been around much lately, but being static takes up a lot of time. There's another reason too, Moms. Truth is, lately, I haven't been feeling up to coming here. I'm betting you want to know why, right? Just getting comfortable, moms. This might take a while. It all started a couple of weeks ago. I was on my class field trip having big fun. Um, and as you said, so as, as Virgil continues to get reminded of all of these things, there's sort of a B, a B plot uh, that involves uh, this other student at, uh, at, at Virgil's high school. And uh, he is, uh, unfortunately, it's, it feels like an outdated stereotype at this point. Um, mm. He is a he is an a Asian American student uh, with overbearing parents who uh, who kind of ride him incredibly difficultly hard and expect him to have perfect grades. Uh, even going so far as not being satisfied with a ninety nine out of a hundred due to a. Uh, imperfect punctuation on one of his reports but there before we get to that point as you mentioned uh virgil and and richie uh head to an amusement park and uh there is an interesting scene where static gets to uh kind of save the day uh before he's yet again reminded of the fact that his mom is no longer with him and that there's this runaway tram uh and uh it's they're doing why they're doing construction on an active tram line i don't know (laughs) but uh the the tram has people on board and and runs away virgil has to change uh his into his uh, alter ego and static has to save the day by using his powers to 
sort of magnetize this extra track and allow the tra- the the tram to ride onto what I guess was a sandy like beach surrounding uh, <laughs> the amusement park. But that was a that was a fun scene, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll certainly get uh, a little bit more of that in visuals. But yeah, it's it's kind of a fun little action beat to break up because. Other than, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, probably not till about halfway through the episode when this tantrum monster character is introduced. So it was a good way to get a little bit more, uh, more action in the, the, first, uh, the first part of the episode. But yeah, I definitely think that that sort of narration of, uh, of, of the episode definitely helps it stick out as, as unique. And um, it's, yeah, I, I think this is, this is very interesting because... Virgil's uh, mother in the in the Milestone comic books is alive. Uh, this was sort of a, a concept for for the show, one that I know Dwayne McDuffie was on record as as being pretty hesitant about because he didn't want to sort of reinforce the you know black kid from a broken home uh, stereotype. Despite it, would, obviously, it would be a little bit different with uh, you know the mother mother dying in a. Uh, and they, they don't ever say the L.A. riots, but that's sort of the implication. Right. Um, so uh, the idea that they had, they did decide to go in that direction and then that, that they did that, he doesn't come across as brooding or like they're trying to make him just like every other DC Comics character who has a dead parent. Like they... It's a very deeply personal thing for Virgil to just, uh, to just see... Uh, footage of his mother on these home videos and it's it's it sort of all comes to the head a little bit later in the episode when he has a conversation with with his father and it it is kind of an interesting idea i think at looking at grief when you lose someone it can be hard you know his his father talks about it was it was hard just to say her name Mm -hmm. it's hard to to really think about it and it's very easy when you are grieving to sort of close yourself off from it and we see we see Virgil lash out at his sister. We see him sort of lash out at, at Richie a little bit as well. Uh, throughout the episode, he's sort of uh, sort of you know, dealing with his own anger issues, I guess, to uh, to be the other side of the coin with our with our villain of the piece. But hey, son, how was the movie part? You seen one runaway tram? You seen them all? The videos, pops? We're gonna go through them for that compilation tape we're making about your mother. What? It's from Mom's memorial service. I know he told you about it, Virgil. Oh, yeah. Aren't you going to help us screen them? Uh, I'd like to, Pops, but I I I got a ton of homework. They gave you homework on field trip day? That's how it is. They give you one day of fun, then double the workload the next day. I I better get to it. Hmm. I thought it'd be psyched to do this. I can't believe she ever wore that tacky polka dot dress you bought her, Daddy. Yeah, that's love, all right. (laughs) (laughs) She looks pretty anyway. (laughs) Yeah, she does. I wanted to help him, Moms, but it just hurt too much. <laughs> I had to get out of there, so I went on patrol, thinking it would help me clear my head. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. I I do think that the the villain is kind of it just feels very underdeveloped, like you said. It's very much playing into a stereotype, and it it's sort of portrayed as a bit of a mystery, like. Like we're not really supposed to know who it is, and but it's very clear from the start, right? Right. One, we... Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit more in visuals, but it looks like the kid. Like it looks has the hair parted the same way. 
it attacks the teacher who gave him the 99 instead of the 100. Um, there's a brief scene where Richie and Virgil kind of go over to his house and try to confront him, which is when we get the sort of the ultra stern father who's, uh, you know, who's, uh, grilling. grilling. He's like grilling his, him. <laughs> his son over, over all of this, this, this history quiz that he's apparently about to take. And yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little uncomfortable. Um, so, so it, we, we had talked about too, before we, before we went on the air, there's an, there's an interesting way that they could have done this. Um, with this character specifically, not ste- speaking specifically of the overbearing Asian parents uh, stereotype, uh, but speaking specifically of the mystery of who who the identity uh, of this this temper tantrum angry bang baby is, mm-hmm. and that is you either had to do one of two things: you either had to create a red herring. Uh, which we see so often, which is, oh, they're introducing a new character. It has to be this character. Oh, just kidding. It's this other new character right. that you thought may be the other. So create the red herring and, and create some sort of doubt. Or just from the start, tell us that this is the Bang Baby. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't try and create this mystery when it's very obvious that this is the character that has the motivation to do so. This is the character that looks like this character. Oh, we we when he transforms into into tantrum, he has orange hair. Okay, great. His hair still parted in the middle. <laughs> he still very much has the same motivation to do this, and it's a brand new character that you introduced uh, for this episode. So uh, that I think, like you said, that is the that storyline and that character is the weakest part of this episode. Now they do sort of weave it back into what static it. it is dealing with as far as his mourning of the loss of his mom Mm -hmm. they bring it back and throughout the entire thing um statics statics father uh has been asking static to help uh, create this video montage from their home movies uh for this memorial service for his mom and static has been reluctant to watch this and uh richie richie is over at virgil's house and 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 sort of forces virgil to to sit there and watch one of the videos uh, enjoying seeing Static as a baby, and uh, there happens to be a home movie of Static throwing a temper tantrum, and his mom sort of just letting him cry it out. And uh, because of that, Static has the idea to do the same thing with this uh, with this tantrum character because he's he's thrown everything he has at him, and it seems to only make him stronger. So maybe if he just kind of lets him be angry, it'll wear him, wear him out. So they sort of discover that it's this new, new kid, uh, Thomas Kim, and, uh, they confront him at, uh, at his house and he, he kind of loses his temper. And because of that, uh, static is able to sort of track him at that point. He takes him back to the amusement park to this, uh, abandoned part of it and just kind of allows him just kind of plays keep away from him to the point where he just kind of wears himself out. And then he, transforms back into uh into his human persona so uh and that kind of wrap things wraps things up uh until we get to our final scene where uh we find out that static has been sitting there uh, not only talking to his mom at her grave site but just before they head to the memorial service and thomas never actually knew he turned into a creature but now that his parents are clued in he's getting the best of care if you hadn't shown me how to calm him down i don't even want to think about it I'll come back soon, moms. Promise. Thanks. Thanks for everything. Um, 
I don't know if we mentioned, but at the beginning, Liam, he had said that he hadn't been coming up to the grave site yeah. very often uh, because it had been harder for him. So for him to sort of uh, go through this and, and sort of continue to talk to his mom and, and kind of come to the point where he has this moment at the end where he's very thankful for the lessons that she taught him and that it's, you know, he's hoping that he's going to be back seeing her more in the future and, and visiting her gravesite in the future. And then they sort of cut to this, uh, they cut to this memorial service where we have things wrapped up and static decides to uh, deliver the eulogy. Yeah. And it is a, uh, it's a, it's a nice little boat to the episode where he, he again sort of speaks to feeling, feeling very lost and feeling that he, he couldn't really talk about uh, the grief he was feeling and, and how it really wasn't until he, faced that grief head on that he began to feel better and that he that he knows that even though uh, his mother is no longer with them that that her spirit lives on in him and, and in the rest of his family and it is it is a really nice uh, sweet sweet way to end it and it, it feels like uh, we and we are always talk about that as the mark of what's a good a good plot or a bad plot is our is our character our main character in a different place than he was at the start of the episode does this have sort of an important moment for this this character and, and this one certainly qualifies and... for the longest time i missed my mother so much i forced myself not to think about her but now i know that was wrong i've learned something just recently that's very important my mother's physical being may be gone but her spirit is still very much alive within me and it always will be thank you Obviously, there are more episodes uh, later on that focus on on his mom, uh, including a time travel episode we'll get to down the line. But um, yeah, this this feels pretty important as far as as you mentioned, they had sort of made allusions to uh, to to Virgil's mom, but had not really addressed how you know, how a teenager would be dealing with with uh, with the death of his mother, especially losing that losing her at such a young age, and so to to take an episode to kind of really focus on that, I thought was was pretty successful, even if the the B plot left something to be desired. Yeah, I would say that you know the it, at the end of the day, the the plot that ended up being the main focus of the story um, was really strong, and I think that it's it's. Once we learn even more about, you know, there's there's more episodes as you mentioned, a, a very, one very specific episode that's very touching, that talks, you know, that deals with Static's relationship with his mom. It really humanized Virgil, and it really made him out to be, um, you know, more human of a character. He was much less of a quip machine in this this episode, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit when we get into voice acting. But the you know, it's it's a strong episode from from that perspective. I really don't didn't care for the stereotypical storyline as we talked about. It seems very outdated and very sort of um, you know not not politically correct and certainly not something uh, that you would hopefully see in cartoons uh, nowadays. But uh, it is this was. 20 years ago mm -hmm. i don't think i mentioned it but this episode originally debuted on on may the 12th 2001 so we're talking about literally 20 years ago a month ago so right. things were a little bit different then <laughs> uh that's not an excuse certainly for uh, ignorance at that point but uh looking at this thing in a sort of in a in a vacuum um you know then and and looking at the overall story um i ended up giving plot a seven out of ten 
Yeah, and I'm uh, right there with you. I gave it the exact same score, a 7 out of 10. Nice. All right. Well, let's move on to our visual and animation category, Liam. I think I saw that this one was done by Coco Dongyang. Uh, yeah, correct. Uh, Coco specifically. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's fine. It, it, there isn't a ton of action in it besides the... Uh, the we get a couple of brief fights with this tantrum character, and then, as, as you mentioned, probably the the most fun action of the episode uh, from an animation standpoint is is when Static has to save the train. Um, I think that's a that's a really fun sequence, and as, as you mentioned, like he tries to sort of just just grab the train uh, or slow it down with his powers, and and the train's made out of some material that. That does not conduct electricity, so instead he kind of has to use his brain. We get a little bit of a science lesson. So he explains how he's able to magnetize these uh, these tracks because, the, of course, the the tram, as as a truck or as a as a train always is, in uh, in a superhero cartoon, the tracks are under construction, and so <laughs> so he uh, he has it's a race against time to stop this uh, this out of control train, and he's able to do it by sort of creating a few more tracks for the the train to uh, to run on before it sort of finally comes to a stop as you mentioned in this kind of beach area but yeah those were those were probably the standout moments for me was really that 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 whole train sequence is uh, is pretty darn fun yeah that's that that was the uh, sort of the epitome of the action sequence we do get a little bit of fighting as you said between tantrum himself and static later on there's uh, at least three i think uh little interactions that they have one that takes place initially when they run into each other uh and then as you mentioned when tantrum attacks the school teacher for giving him the bad grade and then uh the, the sort of the ultimate final uh, battle that they have at the end but as far as action is concerned it's not uh it's not really action-packed i will say uh, we mentioned last week. Last week was not a great episode as far as the animation and visuals were concerned. Uh, the animation team did not uh, did not quite live up to our, our expectations, even for, mm-hmm. for some of these early seasons of Static. But uh, as far as this episode is concerned, I felt like everybody looked pretty much on model. Uh, I felt like everybody looked, uh, looked, looked pr- pretty okay. I think some of the action of Static flying around looked decent. There's a couple shots where... Uh, they cut to him flying across like the night sky when he decides to go out on patrol. I thought that that was a good shot. Uh, he kind of comes from off screen and you kind of see the tops of the buildings and him him floating mm. past. I thought that was an, that was a good visual. Um, and and then the battle, I guess, between him and the and the tantrum character. What did you think about the the design for tantrum? Who obviously, if we haven't mentioned it, is literally just. A skinny purple Hulk with orange hair. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the most difference is we, as we mentioned, it it has orange hair for some reason, and uh, yeah, it has purple skin. They also looked like they were maybe trying to give it like vampire features a little bit. He has fangs and pointy ears, and kind of a you know like a pointed jaw. So, uh, but it's never really shown that he has like. A strong jaw or anything he doesn't bite anything or bite through a wall or anything so i guess that was just kind of a creative choice but <laughs> from the, from the character designers but yeah i mean I, I think it's an okay design um it's just it's real it's real obvious who it's sort of uh taking off from 
Sure. So it's yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, it's there's the first scene where Virgil go uh, meets him and he's he goes into this restaurant where there's people running out scared and he goes in, he's sort of hunched over and he, uh, he, you're not really quite sure what you're looking at yet and then he kind of stands up and you see that he's this sort of bigger uh monster that's uh that's going to attack static. I think I think that's uh, that's kind of a cool sequence. Yeah, it, it's tough. I didn't. I didn't think that that a lot of the action sequences were great, but I, I think it's certainly it's not just Purple Hulk. They did try to tweak it a little bit, but I mean that's what it is, you know. Right. Yeah, it's. I think the fangs were interesting. It's an interesting homage. I did did notice that a lot of Static's villains seem to are are just drawn to that purple hueish color. <laughs> and it was interesting because uh, Richie makes a comment in the middle of the episode about how Bang Babies have no fashion sense after uh, Static comments that he has orange hair and purple skin with blue jeans. Mm-hmm. Cut off blue jeans. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that the color palette seems to be pretty similar for a lot of these characters. Purple is, is one of the bigger colors. And I'm not sure if this is a situation similar to like Batman the Animated Series where there was a limited color palette for a specific reason. Right. But it certainly feels like last week we had Onyx, who's purple. We had Rubber Bandman, who's purple. <laughs> uh, very purple. We This week we have Tantrum, who's purple. Uh, I, I can't think of any other of the villains off the top of my head right now that may be purple. But I'm sure that's not it. Like Ebon. Ebon has, yeah, Ebon's got purple highlights, the good, good pull. Um, even, uh, who's the Shiv has purple hair, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, lots, lots of purple going on in this. I'm not <laughs> sure, not sure the meaning behind that or what the purpose of that is, but I feel like they could have gone with a different, different color of, of skin here and maybe th- differentiated a little bit, uh, this character. But, uh, overall, I, I think that, uh, grading on a curve again, as we mentioned a few weeks ago and looking at the animation, there wasn't anything that I felt like was really bad. Uh, I felt like characters were pretty much consistent and on and on model for the most part, uh, which is why I ended up giving visuals and animation uh, a pretty solid 7 out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I, I just went a tick lower. I went 6 out of 10. Um, yeah, like I said, I think the, the train sequence really stands out, but the the rest was it was like it was fine there wasn't wasn't anything particularly bad but nothing that really stood out to me beyond that one sequence makes sense all right man let's move on to our music for this week's episode um really there's one major musical scene uh that stood out to me and that's that's because the entire end of the the episode features this this choir that sort of sort of gives a round out uh, to Virgil's uh, eulogy for his mom, or I, I guess it, we keep calling it a eulogy. I feel like that's specific for a funeral, so maybe this is... I think they just call it a speech in the episode. Yeah, but... it's like a tribute almost mm-hmm. to his mom, a, a tribute speech. So uh, other than other than this choir that comes in and, and sings a song, and I, I have been hi- highly critical of music in 
static having having lyrics to it. This time it made sense to me. It's not the backing <laughs> track to a fight scene that has the the lyrics. It's it's literally a, a choir singing a song um, that I think feels out of place for a DCAU show. However, recognizing that this isn't at the time was not a DCAU show. This is the final episode of that first season, mm-hmm. so. Uh, recognizing that it's it's still kind of staying on its own um, own two feet and its own universe at this time, I I kind of give it give it some slack for that. Uh, what what did you think of sp- uh, specifically that scene and and any other musical notes that you had? Yeah, we uh, yeah, there's there's some interesting moments in this one. I I do think the choir at the end kind of just uh, just hammering home the uh, the lesson that Virgil learns is is a nice sequence. There is kind of paired with a nice visual as the the choir starts to sing and and virgil goes down and has sort of a group hug with uh with sharon and his dad i think that's a nice that's a nice little bit there i, I like i liked that there um my my other musical notes are yes we have sort of the, the typical static shock uh action music which is a guy going hey 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 <laughs> at least in the season one <laughs> a lot of that uh well like a yeah like a the start of like a uh, I don't know, Run DMC or something that's playing like a, a like that kind of drum machine playing in the background where a guy's going hey hey for for a while and uh, but my my favorite and I'm not sure if it's so bad it's good or I actually enjoyed it but my favorite musical note of the episode is there there's a part where they have a food fight where Virgil and Richie and some of their <laughs> other classmates and they actually like accidentally hit uh, hit uh, the the kid kid who would be tantrum um a uh, thomas with with uh with the pie and he's very upset uh, he he tells them uh, that so they're having this fight and, and of course thomas doesn't want to get involved because he's this straight laced student who only cares about studying and everything and and they start playing this like weird piano music it's like it literally is like i was like are we doing like randy newman i was expecting like toys i thought i was like a russian toy story like Come on, Thomas. Is it a lecture hall? Yeah, man, it's an amusement park. Amuse yourself. This is still a class field trip, guys. We're supposed to be learning something. Uh, somehow, I don't think any of this is going to end up on the finals, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you realize this means war. Food fight! Yeah, I was waiting for for like the for that you know that weird voice of his to start singing a song and About I was throwing pies in yes a, in a lunchroom yeah uh, so that that really stood out to me I mean it made me laugh I didn't I so I, I wasn't upset by it but it did just stick out like a sore thumb because not only was it not what we usually get from a Static Shock episode especially these early season one episodes. Uh, from the music, but it's not really something we ever hear very often in any of the shows. It's just like this weird little piano interlude while they're having, and they're having a like a. It's not you would think if we're if we had some sad piano music, it would make sense because this is a you know pretty serious episode. But we don't really we don't get the piano there. We get like happy like jazz piano in the middle of the episode while they're having fun. It was a really weird choice. <laughs> yeah, some definite odd. Uh choice is uh have been made throughout this first season of static and that one 
okay, it stood out. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad mm-hmm. thing, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so uh, music was fine. I actually, you know, while the ending, I, I don't know if that, I, I guess that was an original piece that was written for this episode mm-hmm. for the choir. Uh, it kind of fits into the, the gospel choir motif. Um, How I got Interesting that they didn't just go with maybe like a a, a no rights uh, or a public domain uh, like old time church hymn or something like that instead of writing this like a, like a swing low sweet chariot yeah, or something some, something that that is in the public domain that would have you know that could have still fit this scene and and maybe have been. I don't know, a, a little bit more heartwarming and recognizable. I guess it gets the job done. It wasn't offensive to me, um, and it's it's interesting. It punctuates the scene uh, with Virgil going to his dad at the end and giving him a big hug. and uh, So it, it, I guess it's fine. Uh, for all those reasons, uh, I ended up giving music uh, a, a, a solid 6 out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I went just a touch higher at seven out of ten. So I guess I guess the piano was a positive for me. I don't know, but no, I, yeah, I, I thought the music's pretty pretty solid all the way around, even with some of the uh, more bizarre choices that were made. Yeah, there we go. All right, Liam, let's move on to our voice cast. Not a huge cast this week. Um, some of them are normal returning characters, of course. Uh, but uh, our, I feel like uh, we'll probably do a, a lot of talking about our main voice, uh, at least our, our main main star of the show for the majority of it. But uh, let's discuss who else uh, fills out our voice cast this week. Yeah, of course we have uh, we have Crystal Scales as Daisy. We have Jason Marsden as Richie. Um, we have. We have, of course, Kevin Michael Richardson as as Robert Hawkins and and Michelle Morgan as Sharon. Um, playing our, our villain uh, Thomas when he is when he's not uh, when he's not all, all hulked up is uh, is once again we just talked about him a couple weeks ago John Cho who folks would know from the more recent Star Trek movies as well as uh, Harold and Kumar he's not Kumar <laughs> in those um, but yeah it's kind of funny to see someone who has achieved quite a bit since then uh, to see them see them doing a, a sort of a, a bit part here but. He's okay. Like he doesn't have much to do. Like he's just kind of meant to play this sort of sheepish, uh, you know, uptight, uptight student that I guess is contrasted by this out of control monster that he turns into. But I mean, he's he's fine. Um, I do think Jason Marston. There's there's one scene we mentioned where where Static and 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 Richie are, are watching this home video and as uh, as they sort of get to the end of it and 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 uh, they watch his mom sort of take care of this tantrum that little baby Virgil is having. Uh, I, th- I thought Jason Marson's really good in that scene that he just talks about. It's like, oh, now I understand now why you, why you didn't want or why you were having trouble. Like she was, she was the best. Right. Um, I thought that was a really, a really nice scene. Yeah. Very empathetic. And, and, you know, we, a lot of the time 
between these two characters, it's a lot of quipping. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of goofball, you know, oh, you know, busting each other's chops and being, being witty. And we don't really get to see that softer side of their relationship. Um, that kind of, that kind of is apparent because obviously these are, these are best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but this adds a a little bit more depth, I think, and a little bit more uh, perspective to just okay this isn't just a this isn't just a we're going to bust on each other all the time goof off type of relationship there's some there's some real like love between these guys there's some real caring between these guys and the fact that Richie is able to kind of sit there in that and say you know even going from that moment where he was kind of busting Virgil's chops about being a baby and crying and all that stuff uh, in this video of him being a literal baby that's crying <laughs> uh, you know to, to kind of taking a step back and saying, man, like, your mom was the best. Like, she was really, really cool. That's mm-hmm. such a that's such a great way to create, uh, a, you know, more story for these two characters that are, mm-hmm. that are, you don't have their full backstory of their friendship and how, you just know that they're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, that adds, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's not a, a huge, like, long scene or anything, but it's a great little moment of building some depth into that, uh, into that relationship and and then yeah of course i think i think our as you said we'll mostly be talking about uh phil lamar uh, as virgil slash static who who not only uh has quite a bit to do when it comes to the action stuff but of course also has uh as you said sort of carries the whole episode from a narrative perspective because they chose to do this uh this sort of style of story where he's telling his mom about this adventure and so it's it's all sort of narrated by him so you have his he's doing the sort of uh the the exposition in the narration but then he also is doing you know his regular stuff with when he's hanging out with Richie and Daisy and then he's he's obviously doing the static stuff and then uh has has to do the scene where he's kind of being a little bit accusatory with with Thomas when they go to his house um, and, and then sort of all of it coming together at the end there when he, when he, when he gives the speech, I think the, the scene, there's another, another very good scene of, of him and, uh, of him and his dad on the roof in this episode, him and, and Kevin Michael Richardson, I think bouncing off each other. And like, uh, we talked about in plot and, and, and his dad talking about how, how he completely understands the grief that Virgil feels because he himself has felt it and is still feeling it. And, isn't trying to pressure him into into doing it he's not telling him he has to do it but he tells him that you know he would he would really like him to do it because he you know it's 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 about honoring about honoring his mother right yeah no it's 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 really good um philomar you know we talk a lot about uh his performances and a lot of time i feel like he was limited uh, especially early on in these episodes because they are so so off the wall geared more towards a younger audience and mm. he doesn't have it's not as much opportunity to have these more adult serious storylines uh, for this teenage kid but uh, for them to allow him to sort of use his immense talent uh, to kind of express some of the you know he kind of goes through a very vast array of, of different emotions here from the the sadness and the sort of um, the distancing that he's doing from his family as they're kind of tr- you know trying to get this whole uh, memorial service together uh, to the part where he you know he's frustrated and angry at Richie mm-hmm. for not really giving him the space and him also trying to be a little bit elusive of his dad and not really kind of share with why and why he doesn't want to participate in this to 
um, you know, it, some of some of the 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 more like in depth parts where he's sitting at this grave, kind of retelling this tale to to his late mom is it really really touching and and certainly uh, you know speaks to the the talent level. Uh, that that Phil Lamar has and why we hold him in such high regard and mm-hmm. you know, one of the best that that was a part of this DCAU and just his ability to do not only different characters and different uh, vocal tones and all of that you know it, but also uh, a vast array of emotion and certainly uh, when called upon when given the opportunity here in this series to really take advantage of that and show why uh, he's really good at what he does yeah absolutely yeah. He said a lot of different emotions he has to sort of uh, express throughout this episode, and he he does a really good job with it. And uh, for all those reasons, I, I gave voice acting a, a pretty strong eight out of ten. Very interesting. I gave it the exact same <laughs> score, also uh, providing an eight out of ten. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's not a huge cast here uh, that's that's very much required to do very much. Uh, but I think that the the opportunity that Phil Lamar does is it's sort of like any of those those original Batman the animated series episodes or mm-hmm. uh, some of those episodes where you uh, just give the star of the show the opportunity to do what he does best and and show his acting abilities and sure enough uh, wouldn't you know it there's a reason <laughs> why he's the star of the show and and sort of a a uh, a world renowned voice actor. Absolutely, yeah. He's 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 one of the goats. He's one of the the best of all time, and yeah, he got to he got to show why. And it, yeah, it's as we said, it's it's a lot of pretty heavy subject material. So the fact that you could you could do it as well as they did while still keeping it completely uh, suitable for a younger audience is is a is a tight tight line to walk. And I think he did a great job helping that along with his vocal performance. Agreed. All right, Liam, so that will bring us to our final scores for this week's episode. Totaling everything up, um, I have a sort of middle of the road 28 out of 40. What about you? <laughs> and I have, in fact, the exact same score. It's actually been a, little, a few weeks since we've had the exact same score. But, uh, yeah, an exact same score of 28 out of 40 uh, for myself as well. Interesting. Uh, we did differ on a couple scores here, but uh, ended up on the same in the same area. So interesting here. So, uh, well, I guess that brings us on to whether or not we'll agree about uh, the, giving this one another uh, another watch at some point. So, uh, as far as must watch, there's not a whole lot in this episode, even in the vacuum that is the static show, um, that really is followed up on, other than. It does give you some in-depth look and, and a little bit more background when it comes to Static's mom and his relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Tantrum character, I don't believe, makes another appearance. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's sort of a one-and-done bang baby. Uh, there's not a lot else that happens in the episode here. So where do you fall on this as, as, as far as re-watching this episode and, and must-watch? Is this a must-watch? Um, I think because, of, uh, because this is our first really, like, Full look at 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 Virgil's uh, how Virgil feels about having lost his mom. I think you can give it the the one thumb up on on the static side. It does feel like a pretty important episode, at least to this this first season. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily introduce characters that are that are going to come back beyond obviously the ones that are uh, are 
our recurring cast of uh, our our heroes and and Virgil's friends and family and things like that. So there aren't a, there isn't a ton here from from the rest of the plot, but I, I do think just because of uh, I I would give it a thumbs up mostly just because I think there's good character development for Virgil here. But no, and certainly not if you you know if you compare it to the the grand scheme of things in the entire DCAU, there isn't a lot here that you that you need to follow or that you would need to uh, to definitely work this one into a, to a rewatch if you're going for the for the entire universe. Yeah, I'd also say with the sort of uh, you know behind the times semi racist yeah. stereotype of. Uh, the the Asian character of, of Tom in this episode or Thomas in this episode that also leads me to eh, I don't know if this is a must watch I don't know if this is one that you want to devote your time to with that said I think maybe with that disclaimer going back to looking at this episode and saying okay knowing that this part of the episode is really kind of hot garbage and really not <laughs> not really uh, not really something that you want to endorse or, or you know that you that you may watch sort of with your eyes rolled. Uh, I think that the the rest of the episode, as we've talked about here, giving that that depth to the static character. Certainly, as we mentioned, there's a very specific important episode that comes later on in Statics. Uh, statics. Uh, I think is it season two or season three? I believe it's season three. Okay, so a couple seasons from now, a huge huge episode that sort of revolves around Static. It also gives this character. Uh, some motivation and, and certainly uh, you kind of understand uh, it humanizes him I guess is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say a little bit so for that reason I would say yeah give it a give it a whirl uh, give it a watch um, if I'm I, there the, that aspect of it it's so hard because it feels like a tale of two two parts to this episode <laughs> because I really don't like the the whole tantrum storyline but yeah uh it's without without the sort of resolve that it comes to from watching that that video of of him as a child and seeing his mom talk to him then you don't get the the resolution to that storyline right or the purpose of why this whole whole thing ties together so uh, i i guess one thumb up is what i'm going to settle on (laughs) as far as as watching this uh you know if you want to know more about the static character great if you want to steer away from racial stereotypes and maybe outdated perspectives on on character types, then maybe don't watch this one. There you go. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Don't forget, please do us a favor. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, maybe Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a, a, a subscribe. We would very much appreciate that. Not only will you then get your uh, your episodes delivered to you every single week, but uh, we also ask that if your app allows you to leave reviews, you uh, you do that for us. We would love a five-star review if you like what you're doing here, like what we're doing here. Uh, that helps us out a lot. That's one way that you can support us. You can also support us by heading over to our uh, YouTube channel, which is The Pod Tower. It is a joint venture between ourselves, uh, the guys over at Tim Talk that also review these. They also have already reviewed all of Static Shock, so mm-hmm. if you're interested in hearing their perspective on some of these Static episodes, you can check out their entire library on The Pod Tower 
page. Also, you get uh, some, some great content from the guys over at, uh, at Watchtower Database. They have put all of their live streams up there, past live streams that they do on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, so you can check out some really interesting stuff from them as well. They are great content creators as well. Uh, so if you want to su support us, that's another way that you can do so. And finally, Liam, if you really want to support us and you have a couple extra dollars you want to throw our way, uh, you can pick yourself up at something from the DCAU Review shop. Head over to DCAUReview.com and click on the Shop tab at the top of the page. That will take you where you can pick up a hat or a mug or a shirt or sticker or something. Uh, we would very much appreciate that if you uh, if you feel like we deserve it. But uh, Liam, that will lead us uh, to our preview for next week's all new episode where we will be staying here for one more week here in the city of Dakota. And boy, oh boy, is it a big episode that we'll be discussing. That's right. Uh, we're venturing into the later seasons for the first time in a while here for Static. And we will be seeing not only is it a team up with a, a huge DC character in Superman, but it's also a direct sequel to an episode of Superman, the animated series that we previously covered. And uh, that will be what we will be reviewing next week as we cover the episode Toys in the Hood. Very exciting stuff. This has been one that people have asked us about for mm -hmm. quite a while. Uh, looking forward to heading back, seeing Static's first team up with the Man of Steel. Very exciting stuff. Absolutely. But until then, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios.